Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of different places on the internet. We are live over on Crowdcast. We're live on YouTube. We're coming to you later as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And wherever you're listening or watching, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for checking Aww. it out. I feel bad we, we haven't introduced Boothman in so long. And, oh, uh, he's, he's been just off uh, off screen, right? Yeah, the just right time. here. He's been popping by our individual just... homes uh, mm-hmm. during COVID, which is a huge violation. <laughs> that but here he is sitting right next to me. Papa I feel Boothman. weird. Wait, what were you saying, Pete? He's about to be Papa Boothman. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. You mean he's having a child? Is he's having a baby? No, wow. he's entering a Smurf, a Smurf-like yeah, situation. So wait, just quick he... question: because last time we had him on the show, he was going to get married at a Taco Bell, right? Is that, is that where it happened? Uh, how dare you? A Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts drive-through? What the fuck? Wait, why is that? Dunkin' Donuts alive. is better. Are you saying it's yeah. better? I would rather get married at a Taco Bell. That's let's don't funnier. put your shit on his shit. That's not fair. <laughs> Where's Alex's uh, birthday party this year? Oh, a Taco Bell cantina by his own request. <laughs> you can yeah, I wanted to go someplace there. fancy where babies are made. Well, anyway, uh, congratulations to Papa Booth, man. That's great news. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Pete. That's makes sense for Let's absolutely. Let's do a Patreon every... thank yous. Pete's gotta gotta get through this today. You gotta get through this, right, Pete? Yep. Got to rattle through this. We do have a lot of stuff to do, uh, and we do have a great guest on the show today that we'll bring yes. in after this very long list of names uh, that we do appreciate regardless. Now, frequent listeners will know this, but we have Patreon at patreon.com slash comic book club, and if people pledge the $5 or above level, we read off their names once a month. When we have all three of us on the show, usually we try to do this at the beginning of the month, but it's been right. a little while. Yeah, we have to have all three of us here to really capture the energy of three (laughs) geniuses um, pronouncing things. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, You got to get that. This is your most nerve wracking part of the show, right, Pete? Yeah, come on. And do you know why? That's because we want to thank Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Amy Gonzalez. Andrew Edge. Andrew Primo. Rounding out the Andrews, Andrew Tillman. Beercat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Christina Jarmillo. Chris Terizzi. <laughs> Clemens Lure. Corbett Arby Doodle. Curtis LaRock. D-Man Ryan. Dan Snow. 
Daniel Fuentes. Daniel, I love you, Pete Cabral. Daniel oh, Warden. Right back at you. Dan- Danny Heck. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron Dorian. Shout- Jeffrey Risher. Gerard De Villiers. Isaac Carter. <laughs> James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. John George. Jonathan John. Rounding out the Jonathans, Jonathan McCool. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxson. Catherine Anderson. Casey Newhaven. Kevin Grimes. Kevin Kleinrock. Karen Broderick. Cody Thomas. Kyle. <laughs> Lee Brown. Lawana Thomas. Yeah. Wow. Lucas Sink. Mark Carrillo. Mark Zeller. Matisse. Megan Thigpen. Michael Tillman. Mitchell McDonald. Nathaniel Diaz. Nelson Martinez. Nick Grayson. Off-White Savior. Oh, man. Official CBC Chef Brett Macris, a.k.a. Uh, Stray Bullies. Omnia Soul Art. Oren Dix. Pablo Martinez. Pedro A. Rangel. <laughs> Pete's Pretty Kitty. Yeah. Brought time. Polly G. Rev Mikey. Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Steve Cook. <laughs> Tabella Rush. Taylor Bryan. The Big Flood. The 12 Badge. Thomas Glenn. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. Zika's Viral Comics. Rob Woo. Bliss and Jill Lean. Thank you all yeah. so much for supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. Totally honestly, we could not keep the show going without all of you. So thank you so much. Much Thank you. Thank you. Now, uh, another order of business. Unfortunately, we're all a bunch of jerks and we did not make the official drink of this week's show. I'm a little under the weather. Otherwise, I would have made it myself. Uh, You guys are terrible, though. But uh, Brett Macris, a.k.a. Stray Bullet, our resident chef, has been curating a drink every week and dropping it in patreon.com slash comic book club over at our Patreon Slack. And it is, this week, a delightful holiday drink that he makes at home. Apparently, he has an open-door policy. Uh, probably should have announced that live on the air, but... <laughs> <laughs> and I love this. He's but he serves... Who, this is the thing that he serves on Christmas to everybody. He, so. he cooks and prepares drinks for all comers. It's awesome. And uh, this drink, I am excited to make this um, on another day uh, when I can have it morning, noon, and night. Ooh. Absolutely. Now, another thing, lots of business right here at the top, but we have been asking all of you to leave us requests for comics you'd like us to review in our iTunes comments. A couple of you have been kind enough to do that. Uh, It's been really fun to go back and check out and review some of these older things. We've got another one for you, so I'm going to read it right here. This is from Jimmy79 on iTunes. I can't say enough great things about these guys. I found them through their Riverdale podcast. Alex may be the only adult who loves Archie comics as much as I do. (laughs) I'd count Justin in that as well, right? Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. And as a healthcare worker during COVID, I tried podcast after podcast to distract me from anxiety several help but none more than cbc i can't Uh, even overstate how much these three funny smart randos who share my interests (laughs) have helped me through our darkest timeline my partner who doesn't do podcasts knows who i'm talking about when i mention alex pete or justin they're hilarious and their takes on comics are thoughtful and they also feel like very real people i'm not sure if it qualifies for your review a book challenge as it's manga but i think it would be wildly outside your usual field to talk about dead dead demons dd D destruction. I know Ooh. the title is crazy, but it's my favorite.
favorite current manga, and I'd All love right. to hear your take on it if it's ever possible. I'll tell yeah, you what, it's one hundred percent possible. Love to read this. I don't know if we're going to review it on next week's stack because we're going to be doing some of our best of the year. But I would say in two weeks we will definitely check in with that on the stack podcast. And any Plus, of you, manga's who... usually a little thicker, so give us time to get through it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Pete's homework homework alarm just went off there. Yeah, it's like, well, you know. Homework over the holidays. What is this? Yeah. Whew, absolutely. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm getting really hot here. Is it okay if I take off my hoodie? I'm just very... Oh, no. This is some kind of oh, thing. Watch what out. The fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, what I know sad. what this is. What so Alex is now, right now, for those just listening, he's taking off some sort of his sweatshirt, and he is wearing... Wait, uh, wait, wait, a second. Oh, wait a second. There's some sort of muscly costume. Oh, come on, Oh, God, this is so hot, Pete. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, is this better? This is, Alex this is, is wearing what I think is a Snake Eyes uniform. Yeah, this is Snake Eyes, my my favorite G.I. Joe character that I'm dressed as right now. You're a poser. You couldn't be more of a poser. He's the ninja. He's the ninja who fights with G.I. Joe. And he's not the bad ninja who is Storm Shadow, who is a white ninja. He's the good ninja. Hey, Snake Eyes doesn't talk, man. So why don't you shut up? I love the idea that this is actually Snake Eyes' voice. Is sort of uh, hey guys, (laughs) (laughs) me Snake Eyes. What's up? So the funny thing about this is I took off my glasses here, so I can't actually see anything right now. You've just made. (laughs) (laughs) You look like a turtle. Oh my god, this is hysterical. Oh, my God. That's much better. Great. Well, uh, with that professional bit out of the way, why don't we welcome our guest into the show? (laughs) 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 Look, Pete, we're speaking your language here. Oh, my God. Now, does he tuck this in? Uh, Pete, you do know a little bit more about the costume. Yes, he does tuck it in. How much does he? How much time does he take to get ready? You should take it off, though, because your hair's got to look amazing right now. Okay. No, I I like this. No, I think this look is perfect for Alex. (laughs) It looks like a knight a little bit, right? Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There's the. You do look. You look jacked, dude. With that on that way, there's added padding in there, right? Great. Well, I always try to be professional and everything. I'll tell you what. We are going to bring in our guest now that we've gotten that out of the way. Uh, she is Victoria Grace Elliott. She is the creator of the book Yummy, A History of Desserts, which is available now. Yes. And it's awesome. Victoria, yes, hello. Hi. That was quite an introduction. I was not expecting any of it. <laughs> Sorry. Really? Normally, <laughs> when you do interviews, all of the things that just happened don't normally happen? Nope, not at all. <laughs> None of them? Uh, we're professional journalists, as we know. That's why I'm coming to you from a kitchen. <laughs> uh, it is appropriate that you're coming to a kitchen, though, because we are talking about this great book, Yummy Yes. Of now, this came out back in October, I believe. But I think Actually, it's... it came oh. out November 30th. Supply oh, chain okay. issues. Oh, okay. oh great. Well, then it's fresh news, basically. Yes. There you go. Uh, but it's also very seasonally appropriate because uh, this book walks you through, as you can tell from the title, the history of several different types of desserts, but is told in a very fun and very engaging way involving these three, are they fairies or sprites? I'm, sprites. I'm, I'm, I sprites. mean, yeah, sprites, but all of the above. Yeah. Uh, introducing you to the stuff. Where, where did the idea initially come for that, to give it this framing device of these three creatures <laughs> telling, <laughs> telling the story of the desserts? 
honestly, I wanted it to be fun. Like, I felt like it was going to be really boring if I didn't do it with some sort of framing element like this. And I really like stuff, you know, cute mascot characters in general. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely part of trying to make it entertaining for kids, but mostly for myself and having (laughs) characters who could like tease each other and like places I could put in goofs and stuff like that was a large part of the reason why I had like different characters with different specialties. Uh, it's so fun and i i'm just such a sucker for books like this where it's just like fun we it's uh we have like little episodic ways that we jump in and out of real interesting information i'm learning so much on every page there's great information both for the hungry which i am and uh for people who just like to know how ice cream is yeah i really enjoyed uh, uh my favorite was the legend of the waffle cone and just the way the kind of characters are excited about it it gets you the reader very excited and in my mind i wanted it to be uh, a story like that so it was really cool the way that that all kind of like unfolded i mean the art is so creative the storytelling is so creative um what was your thought process as far as like your kind of like the style that you were going for it was definitely a really like like sanrio for example and like Mm -hmm. sumiko garashi also has like really cute characters like that so i was trying to do something where it was like they were really small the desserts were really big all the colors were super super bright and pastel so that's kind of like the main inspiration for it i'm obviously really inspired by manga too so it was like going for that cuteness factor that you get from all that stuff. One of the things that I thought was uh, pretty neat about it in particular was that it almost uh, plays out like a variety show in a way. You were talking about this a little bit, but there's bits that recur throughout it. Um, What was workshopping that like? Was there something that you felt like was a little, were there bit recurring bits that got ditched along the way? Uh, How did it come, come together structurally? I'm trying to think, I don't think I had any bits that like, didn't quite make it in because I was I was pretty set from the beginning once I kept finding like random legends where people just like made up a story about a different dessert I was like okay there's enough of these that I need to have a corner where you're talking about it and then like the sort of interview corner between two ferns like joke that one was just something where it was like I didn't want to represent real people in a way that felt like I was speaking for somebody who was could not speak for themselves. So like that one came together pretty naturally as well. And yeah, it was just like, I knew also just going in, I wanted to talk about the science of all of these. Cause it's like how you freeze ice cream without electricity and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like it was just really natural cause it was kind of what I was going for. I wanted it to feel like a variety show and I wanted it to be entertaining for me. So that's, how it all came together basically oh man i love the uh, waffle cone it's so delicious looking <laughs> he's dying for this waffle cone oh, i feel like man. he uh, maybe learned something learn something drawing... that will ruin his life potentially <laughs> <laughs> trying to draw food so that it looked like you wanted to eat it was like one of my main goals so i'm glad that it you want to eat that waffle yeah you did great um, there's such a great <laughs> international focus um, uh, to the book. Like we get desserts from all around the world. Uh, can you talk about uh, finding some of those uh, recipes and some that you were very surprised about as you put it together? It was like I had to do so much Googling and like so yeah. much searching on the library. Yeah, because it was like I wanted to make sure I represented a lot of different places. And honestly, a lot of the time I was geared by like, okay, what do I like? I like mochi ice cream. So we're going to have mochi ice cream. Uh, and things like that. So it's, I had like vague ideas and then I just watch a lot of YouTube 
So it was also like watching all these different cooking things. And then I learned like, that's where Castella cake comes from. I kept seeing that pop up in like random mm. cooking videos. And I was like, what is this? I've never heard of this. And so, yeah, that's part of what, like I'd learned to do the research for that one. But a lot of it, yeah, it was like trying to trace like the thinnest line to like the furthest conclusion I could. Oh, do you funny. have a favorite dessert? Yeah. I mean, like I have like six. <laughs> But yes, uh, I really do like, I like anything with custard. I like mousse. Like, I don't even talk about this stuff in the book, but those are some of my favorites. Uh, my grandma. Well, how did Christmas you cut them out then? How did you decide, how did you decide she what was, was going to make the cut? What? Don't cut her off. She was talking about Christmas cookies. <laughs> I just made them earlier this week. So that's why I'm thinking about them. They're in the other room and I'm going to eat some after this. What kind, of, <laughs> what kind of cookies are we talking about? They're like <laughs> that was they're, the creepiest way you could have said that first. Of all. I'm sorry, but I mean I'm here for it. I'm yeah. here for it. This is what I want. I only want to talk about food. So it's they're like these kind of like shortbready type of cookies. They're like right, butter right. cookies, and then it's like an inch of like Crisco and powdered sugar icing. Wow, it's really nice. good. It has like a crunch to it, and then it just melts in your mouth. Mm. Wow. Just to get back to my question, uh, so how did you decide that on the lineup, given that you have such a broad uh, palette of sweets that you really like? It was like some of them just didn't fit. Like I didn't really have a good place to talk about something like custard, right? Mm -hmm. So like the ones that had to eventually get cut out, it, that was sort of why they had to get cut out is I wanted to focus on like these, I think it's eight different kinds of desserts in this and so like some of them even like japanese style strawberry shortcake is one of my favorites but oh, yeah. there was nowhere really to talk about that in the cake chapter just because there were so many other kinds of cakes and it was like i wanted to do that one particularly as a legend of and so it was like i i can't like spare three extra pages like this book is already really long for like the the demographic it's going for but i mean you know extended edition maybe so let's uh, oh. circle back to the custard a little oh, bit. <laughs> what, are we talking like cannolis, donuts? Like what's your yeah, like, method? Yeah, anything like in in something is really good. So I do really mm -hmm. like cannolis. There's a bakery nearby that like puts them in this thing called, it's not a cronut. It's like, it has a different silly name, kind of like cronut. But it's like just mm -hmm. a donut with like cinnamon sugar on it. And it's got custard inserted in the middle. And it's really mm -hmm. good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, just to give some context, every single one of Pete's work emails ends with "Let's circle back about the custard." So, this is <laughs> and he hasn't found a taker. So, shouts to you for <laughs> finally having an answer for him. Yeah. I mean, there's a uh, in the dessert world. There's a lot of like sort of fights, like cake versus pie. Like, where do you? Where, how do you weigh in on these like, sort of hard hitting issues? Yeah. Okay, this is a great question, because I used to really dislike pie, actually. Whoa, uh, whoa. Shameful truth about me is that, like, I mean, but, okay, here's my defense. C like, cake from a bakery is usually pretty good. Pie from a bakery, it's, like, been in the refrigerator for, like, six hours or something. It is not great. Like, the crust on the bottom is really soggy, like, unless they make mm. it, like, super, super well. But I'm like, a pie fresh out of the oven is absolutely, to me, better than a cake. Mm. that's sort of where I land. If that makes I sense. think that's the right answer. And I think you're, what you're saying is you, we start as children being liking cake because it's simple yeah. and we're stupid. And then we wow. mature oh, into oh, pies. Wow. Uh, I think, Take right? Take it easy with all yeah, of sure, that. Yeah. Take it right? easy with all Alex, of that. 
Alex is a cake guy, I think, is what my gut says. Mr. Cake. No, I like here. pie better. It's just I don't wow. know if I agree of maturing into pies necessarily because yeah. cakes can be complex too, potentially. Uh, we do have a question here from the comments. This is from Stray Bullet. It says, is pecan pie Victoria's favorite pie? It's actually not. Uh, my mom does make a really, really delicious pecan pie, but I think my favorite is actually probably the egg tart. So that's one of the story Whoa. times. That's why it's in there. Yeah. There it is. Uh, pecan pie is my favorite pie, uh, Stray Bullet. So, shout uh, to that. Chocolate pecan pie is my favorite pie. Oh, that's See, that's too much. That's a hat on a hat. Nope. <laughs> no, it's not. It's you a put a little ice cream on top, a little ice cream you too. Pete, you're poisoning with yourself. A little Pete, ice cream on Pete top have you ever. No, you have to have ice cream or whipped cream. That's the good way to have a pie. I mean, other that's than right. the egg tart, which is good as She's it is. She's a professional. So. Listen to her. <laughs> you, all you need a chocolate pecan pie with ice cream hot fudge and then pour a can of mountain dew over the top oh, come on doing that right? yeah and then you take much. away the pie and you just eat the slop in the middle that's left oh, over yeah. uh one of my favorite facts for the book that i i didn't know before and i thought was really interesting when you were talking about cakes since we're mentioning this now is you were talking about the origins of instant cake mix and uh i i didn't realize that it was originally complete like it was everything. And one of the facts that, to spoil the book a little bit, but you bring up the fact that they realized it was too easy for people. So they weren't into it. So they said, oh, yeah, take out the instant egg and instead add your own egg. Um, where where do you uh, other than YouTube videos, where do you look for facts like that when you're kind of searching down that information? That one is fortunately like directly sourced from this really good book. Uh, I believe it's called Something from the Oven by Laura Shapiro. She's in the bibliography, but she was like, she had a whole book that was about like, yeah, the making of Betty Crocker and like the idea of Betty Crocker. And that was super interesting. And like that was like, honestly, where I pulled that information from because she did all like the intense research and I could just pull from her. Uh, and she had another book too that I think was also about like, weird instant food and the rise of like food production and like the food industry. And like, this is a lot of why in the second book, I actually, I, I have a follow-up book coming called uh, history of tasty experiments, but there's a whole chapter that like, I am so interested in like weird cold war food and like, like essentially like 1900s to the seventies, like just weird stuff that we were coming up with in the U S and so, like, her books are actually, like, the big reason why I have a whole chapter on easy food in the second book, which mm. is basically, like, any, like, everything from Crisco to, like, mac and cheese and stuff like that. But, yeah, I, she she was good. I'm so curious about that book. Um, I do. I agree with you. It's such a weird time where they were like, we're done with old stuff that we like and taste good. Let's make something look weird and be in a weird shape and be green. It's so chaotic. Like in the weird yeah. gelatin things that people would come up with, they just stick oh, anything man. in gelatin and it could be sweet or savory. They didn't care. Yeah. Uh, just a quick question. This is actually over on YouTube. Not even a question, but somebody was asking about the age range, which you mentioned before. Certainly, drawing wise, it seems very inclusive of all ages. But is there is there an age range you have in mind for the book? Well, for like my idea of what the age range is, is also very different than the publisher's official one. So I think the publisher's <laughs> official one is middle grade, which is like, I think eight to 12 years old, mm -hmm. um, which makes sense. Like, I feel like a lot of this information and like the phrasing and stuff is like, you need to be a little bit older, like not baby, baby book, but like a little bit older to understand everything. But I feel like, yeah, like upwards of, you know, eight years old, I think you can mm -hmm. read this book and enjoy it. 
When you're tackling the recipes in that case, what did you have to tweak or change to make sure that it would work for a age group that is 8 to 12, potentially can do some stuff in the kitchen, can't do everything in the kitchen? How do you get that just right? Yeah, I like so I pulled a lot of the actual recipes. I was like looking at a bunch of different okay, I made this recipe with my kid, like the food blog, like yeah, food blogs that you find where it's like a mom and her kids or whatever. So I was like using those. That was already like a good jumping off point. And then something like the the cake, I just had to go in thinking like, okay, this needs to be a single sheet. Like you can't cut this and like put icing in the middle and make it look all nice like all those YouTube videos I watch. So I had to like, and also I'm not a good cake baker. So I was just trying to like make something that could easily be a cupcake or a cake. Mm. But yeah, it did take some troubleshooting. But I feel like in terms of like drop cookies, like the snickerdoodles, those are super easy. The pie one is easier than it seems. Like the hardest part is actually rolling out the dough. Um, But it's actually not that bad. And then, yeah, what are the others? Oh, ice cream is just like, that's a given. Like that's something you do with kids anyway. Just like put in a bag and shake it. So (laughs) yeah. The for the next book, is that also going to have the sprites coming back to teach lessons? Yes. So yeah, and least... I have a I have a new sprite called Naya. She's a she's a water sprite. So she helps mm-hmm. out with like the soda chapter and she like knows some stuff about milk for the cheese chapter. So yeah, we added cheese new character. Chapter. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I can't wait to check that out. Uh Victoria, the book is so cool, so much fun. I hope everybody yeah, Congratulations. It out. Yeah. Yeah, thank you pick it up for the holiday season and thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks y'all all right great talking Thanks. to you later yeah all right once uh, again Pete, your microphone was sort of drowning in drool through a lot of that so we're gonna need to uh, retake <laughs> want, a lot of it retake? i'll bring her back in we'll retake yeah yeah let's interview. do it again yeah do you sure. want me to put my hoodie back on and we could do the whole well yeah i think we're good on that it was very yeah, funny yeah, hearing you dress like again. some sort of universal soldier being like so the cookies and cakes. Uh, <laughs> war correspondent Alex Zalbin. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that is called Yummy, A History of Desserts. Fantastic. It's by Victoria Grace Elliott. And folks, we are going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. And, and just, for uh, audience questions... All you have to do is drop a question and ask a question over on Crowdcast or drop a question in the comment section over on YouTube. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, But Pete, you have less of a question and more of a comment? Well, I just wanted to, just to get ahead of people in case people were wondering what the G.I. Joe beef was, is Zelvin gets these amazing gifts on Instagram. And one of them was this unbelievable G.I. Joe package where it had, you know, what he's rocking uh, and a bunch of other really cool action figures and stuff. And I just commented on Instagram, like, fuck you, you don't even like G.I. Joe. And uh, this was That's his so response. weird. They sent this to me as a G.I. Joe super fan pack. They said, hey, thanks for being the biggest G.I. Joe fan oh on the comic God. book club. Honestly, Name casual, one Joe. Name casual one Joe. listener, casual uh, listeners will tune in and see Alex eyes. dressed as Snake Eyes. Yeah. That's a, he's definitely yeah, besides snake name guy. one you Joe, Joe s- Snake Eyes. <laughs> besides oh, we Snake Eyes, we can name Joe's all day. Um, Absolutely, half-filled fire extinguisher. Nope. Printer. Nope. <laughs> dot matrix printer. <laughs> Surely that's one. Nope. Yeah. Oh, dot matrix will print it out for you, Storm Shadow. <laughs> 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 that's definitely one. He were he was a cobra, I think, Alex. Is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cat. Yes, he uh, he kept your health insurance going even though he changed jobs. Oh, Autumn Breeze. 
All right. Uh, Swift chains of gears here, but we actually do have a sponsor for this week's episode. Uh, It is a new podcast called Blindsided from the Players' Tribune, and it is their first ever mental health podcast. Uh, Not only that, it's working with professional athletes and talking about professional athletes as they delve deep into mental health issues. It's hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. The show will share moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. Now, Pete... Um, oh, uh, let's keep going a second. I, I wanted to ask you about one of the guests. Uh, but Blindside allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges people face, whether you're a professional athlete or not. Guests this season include Kevin Love, Paul Bissonette, and Kurt Warner. And wow. I know you are very excited about Kurt Warner in particular, right, Pete? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a big uh, movie coming out about him, so that's pretty cool that they have Kurt Warner on the podcast also, uh, Kevin Love, uh, huge uh, basketball star. It's it's interesting. I, I'm going to check this out. It's very interesting to hear uh, people talk about it and kind of like how they kind of came to it and realized how important it is in their life. So it uh, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Blindsided dives in deeper. It gets clinical and allows listeners to leave with an understanding of the different varieties of mental health challenges people face, why they appear, and how athletes in particular face them down. Blindsided is a sports podcast, not only for people who follow sports, but also for those who don't. And I believe it's live right now, so you can go check it out. So there you go. Uh, Let's move on to our questions since I see a couple of them piling up here already. This is from Edward Doherty. I recently saw a short video of Olivia Coppell inking a drawing with micron fine liners. Oh, I don't know where this is going, but it's definitely in our knowledge range. His technique was incredibly impressive with the precision line work and the unique cross-hatching style. Have you ever observed an artist's process and what did you notice about it? Uh, Well, uh, what's interesting is like sometimes when you're hanging out in like artist alley, I was and say, this is the artist alley, Pete's yeah. artist alley B right here. Uh, and you get to see like, kind of, it's amazing where different people start. You know what I mean? Like some people, like they like to kind of get something that's like a horizon and kind of like get some, you know, North South kind of things going and then kind of build out from uh, there. Uh, some people kind of like start with like the action of what's happening. Maybe it's like a fist coming at the screen or something. So it's like, it's really interesting to see like how's people's mind uh, work and like how they kind of draw, like where they start from to what it ends up being. Uh, it's, it's very fascinating and very cool. And uh, as a kid, I had like the, you know, how to draw the Marvel way, you know, where you kind of like, do some circles and then kind of like slowly it becomes like a, uh, a superhero. So um, yeah, it's very, very cool to see kind of like not only uh, you know, like the pointillism of, of it all or the cross hatching or the different kinds of feathering or different techniques that people use to kind of like get their kind of like style across. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I love those kind of like, videos that kind of like fast forward to show people drawing and like uh, where it starts and then what it becomes. Uh, what I love about Artist Alley is seeing just how artists are doing actual work while they're at the con floor. I, you imagine an artist in their studio, like laboring over something, but no, they have their <laughs> station set up and they're just like, 
doing work for the comics we're going to read. And also how casually someone can sort of have a conversation while also doing drawing something mm-hmm. ama- in an amazing way. Honestly, I feel like the writers should be doing that as well in Artist Alley. Yeah. Just like have a typewriter in front of them typing away on their scripts while... Everybody's kind of chatting with them. You can make requests for scenes that they can generate for yeah. you in advance. Yeah, write me a sound that. effect. Um, I don't know, like um, a bang. Can you write me a bang? Write me a bang. That's always insane to me how they can just kind of sit there and mm-hmm. talk as well as like uh, uh, draw these amazing pictures. For I feel like if I was ever that good, I would I would need to be left alone so that I could kind of focus on it. But uh, the multitasking is pretty impressive on these artists. Yeah, uh, we two quick ones. This is from YouTube. Cosmic Comic History says, "Are you reading Not All Robots?" I have not heard of that, but I'll check it out. Yeah. Now. Oh, uh, it, that sounds, sounds cool. awesome! <laughs> you yes, sold you, us on it. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Three words sold. Uh, this is from Julian Lobato. Which three beardless comic characters do you th- all think should have beards, and how would those beards look? Ooh, great call. Very good question. I feel like beards in comics signify someone who's been lost somewhere for some time, or somebody who's like given up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a lot of. Uh, well, but there's then a there's lot like Doctor people. Strange, Tony Stark. They have facial hair. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no doubt about that. What, what an Alex. Alex, you're such a comic fan. <laughs> I think it would be cool like to that. See... Doctor Strange. <laughs> I think it would Dr. be cool. Doctor Weird has a beard. I think. Weird beard. Weird beard has a weird. Um, I think it would be cool to see like uh 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 Hulk with the beard. You know what I mean? Because it mm-hmm. would be hard to Maestro. like Maestro. It's, yeah, obviously the Maestro. But I mean, like. Because beards seem like a calm kind of like, you know what I mean? Like a Zen type of thing. So it would be funny, you know, the juxtaposition of like a chill Hulk beard, you know? What about the thing? What's his beard like? Is it full? Is it like rocks? Thin little rocky bits? Uh, Yucky. You know, it'd be great. I would love to see a Hawkeye with a beard. Like he could have one of those fun sort of Errol Flynn style beards just coming out like the goatee and everything. So that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be I'd love to imagine someone like that shooting a, an arrow. Oh, my God. That would be great. And if his costume was green, even better. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. He could blend in with the forest. Mm-hmm. Where he operates. Uh, this where, he op- where he primarily <laughs> operates. Straight Bullet says, given the Punisher's new upcoming series, it seems like he's working for the hand and probably a bad guy. Is this a direct reaction to his classic logo being misused by law enforcement and military? And will he eventually go back to being not totally a bad guy and just very morally questionable now to give a little background here before we get to pete's rant corner there is a new (laughs) series from jason aaron and oh gosh i'm blanking on who is the artist for the series i'll look it up in a second but it is a prestige format punisher book that follows him apparently in multiple timelines and redefines him as a character is the way they're selling it. There was a lot of fuss online when we saw that it looked like his logo had been redesigned to look like some sort of dragon skull type thing. But as Pete pointed out in our Patreon Slack, that's just when he's working with the hand. So what's your take on this, Pete? Well, yeah, at first I completely lost my shit. And then I realized it's just for this specific thing. It's not changing uh, uh, Punisher forever. Um, and as, you know, Stray Bullies was talking about, you know, this is kind of maybe a reaction to the misappropriation of this logo 
by other people. And that's tough. Um, but I think it's just kind of like like people do with the Punisher. They like to kind of throw him around and make him do horrible things. So now he's going to be the beast for the hand. And, uh, you know, sure, change the logo for a little bit for this kind of new role. Um, you know, we've seen him, the Cosmic Ghost Rider. That was fun. Frankencastle, one of the worst things ever. So hopefully this will be just kind of words. a fun, uh, fun thing and not uh, Frank's new role for a long period of time. But let me say, Pete, don't you think since the the logo has been appropriated, like, sort of fully, I feel like in the wider culture, that has become that. Uh, Don't you think he should maybe change his logo? And if so... Don't let... You you have a t-shirt where the logo has been modified that you, like, like. So, like, don't you... What would be some another version of, of... a logo for him that you would get behind. Well, yeah, I do I'm, think th- this logo is interesting, but it is very stylized and feels specific to the story. But I think a logo redesign is a great idea. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, but I mean, it's also that logo serves a, a very specific purpose of like drawing attention and, you know, like it's kind of a bullseye that he wants people to shoot at. What about so, a bullseye? Uh, well, then he would be bullseye. But um, if you want anything distracting, it could be could be anything. Could be like a, a bowl of custard, for instance, would distract mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. He uh, could do the sure. Power Girl thing and have a boob window instead. Mm. Yeah, this yeah, very yeah. distracting. Yeah, I guess that's of course he would say that you fucking perp. But but uh, honestly, I, don't you think that was in that, a comic by Jimmy Pamiotti and Amanda Connor, who you love, Pete? Yeah, so I, I'm aware. <laughs> real quick while well, i'm interrupting anyway the art on the book is by uh jesus size and paul Azaceda. yes cool. there you go i agree that a redesign is necessary at this point i do think there is a chance that beyond the things that we've seen that this is going to end up with some sort of new look for the punisher at the end of the day punisher um, was there first it's not punisher's fault that assholes took it and ran so but they have yeah, but that's the reality kid right we can we can claim it back you know what i mean too late here's the the only problem with that pete is the punisher's philosophy lines up with a lot of the people who are co-opted that's the true. logo so i do think I think the character needs to change a little bit. And I just feel like as someone who loves the character, you, not me, obviously, um, I feel like you would want to like have a a direction or you would have something to be like, I actually think it should go this way. Well, I mean, you know, change, unfortunately is something that has to happen. So like, yeah, maybe something good can come of this. You know what I mean? Like maybe, uh, Punisher does have to kind of go through some changes and maybe they do find a cool logo that uh, fits him or whatever, but um, it sucks to kind of lose to dumbasses. You know what I mean? To lose something that you love. So I got uh, bad news now for I'm the rest of... of reality for you. Pete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, all right. Running, you know? This is a question from Nat. Great question here. I'm begging you to tell me what are the must trades that came out in the past year or so. Things you would recommend to someone who Next likes comics week. but doesn't keep up. Please, time is running out. Uh, don't worry, Nat. Uh, great news. As Pete mentioned, we are going to be talking about best trades on next week's Stack Podcast. Not right now. We're not going to recommend anything right now. Uh, and in we fact, could. if you have any nominations 
for best comics of the year or best trades of the year, hit us up on Twitter at comic book live. So we can include that next week's live show is going to be our best comics of the year. And then the stack podcast will be best trades of the year. So yeah, actually Matt, do you, Nat, do you send that you, money? Do you have, do I think, let me, let me paraphrase what Alex said. Matt, do you have any trades that you would want to recommend for our best trades podcast? And don't tell us here. Tell us on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> or on the Patreon. Here. We don't want to mm-hmm. hear about it here. In the question and answer portion of the show. Um, I actually have a question from Twitter that I wanted to read. Ooh, um, okay, or go. more of a con- content uh, or comment. Hey, Pete, um, did you notice the bartender in the end credits scene of Spider-Man? It was played by uh, Danny Roja. From oh Lasso. yeah, of course I did. Danny Rojas. This is Jeff Whaley from Twitter, uh, small town idiot. Why didn't you uh, bring that up in our Spider-Man podcast then? Because I noticed we it. And I thought you were going to be so excited. So many stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was a sweet Ted Lasso thing. Um, yeah, I was Danny Rojas. Rojas. Uh, football is life. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was cool. I mean, that guy's blowing up as he should. Um, absolutely killing it on Ted Lasso. Uh, if you're not watching Ted Lasso, drop what you're doing and check out the show. Well, don't drop. I don't. I don't care. Don't I don't everything. care if you don't like sports. I don't care if you're like, you know, whatever. Check it out. Do yourself wow. a favor. Just Pete watch it now. Repping little known television show Ted Lasso. This guy's got his finger on the pulse. This is from Kevin. What is your favorite framing device for a piece of media, comic, movie, whatever? And to make up for Alex talking as Snake Eyes, answer as Cobra Commander. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is my Cobra Commander voice. Uh, It's very similar to my Snake Eyes voice. So happy to answer that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alex has been in Cobra Commander uh, in character for him for years now. Yes. I, I like to refer to my HR rep as Cobra Commander because she's the lady that helps me transfer my health insurance from <laughs> <laughs> one job to another. Oh, boy. She's a real Cobra Commander. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's the... Well, that's, the that's moment. it for me. I, I actually got to say, <laughs> I'm on Pete's side now. <laughs> you have to take that uniform off. You finally disgraced Snake Eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. You get your hair sticking out the back. It's hilarious. Um, uh, framing device. Framing device. Um, I mean, for a while, I was a real sucker for the, you know, showing us like a crazy action scene and then being like, all right, let's take it back. Um, it's a good way to grab your attention and give us uh, and know that we're going to build to this insane thing. I'll say that's one of my least favorite things because yeah. everybody does it wrong. Like I like it when it works out well, but every single time, not every single time, but 95% of the time when they do in media res, they start with something where it is a big action scene, like you're saying, to really kick it off with a bang. And then they're like, whoa, 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 take it back 48 hours. And then they get up to that point. And you're like, yeah, I know. I already saw this. This I could have figured this out based on this one scene you're showing me. The whole point of the in media res thing is to thrust you into something where you have no idea what's going on and then you have to catch up to it. But oftentimes they just do it to kind of goose the action at the top of a show. So when it's yeah. done really well, it's awesome, but it's done really well so little of the time um not to immediately disagree with you pete since i seems like that's exactly what you did you fucking piece of shit wow Um, so much cursing so much cursing um i i like when a story dives in hard 
and trusts us to follow up, to, to learn about the characters as the story is being told. No preamble, no no flashback, flash forward, anything. Just no origin story, it. just no right origins. into it. Everybody exactly. running for their lives, and then as they're running, they talk about their feelings and what happened. I, I'll tell you, I'm thinking honestly about something that I am kind of a sucker for is Rashomon-style stories, what it is from oh, different yeah. perspectives. Obviously, that also could be done really poorly, but we've seen when that. it, but when it's done well, it's super super fun, uh, and there's different ways of telling that story. So I don't know. I think Maybe technically all that. stories should start with um, the first caveman drawing uh, on a cave mm-hmm. and to give it framing the, device, so just so I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a story, things, yeah, which is like the. I think it should real, start real with story. a necklace, uh, you know, breaking apart and then falling onto an alley. I think that's where all stories mm-hmm. start. Oh, like I like it when next? it starts off being like, you see that guy over there? He has everything going for him, but that's not his story. It's my story. And you cut over yeah. to somebody else. And oh, like, wow. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> what just happened to your face? <laughs> woo, 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 woo. You know. That's Alex's life story. That's where it wow. starts. There you go. He was playing um, the sperm that fertilized the egg that made it. <laughs> I think it was a Muppet of some kind. Here, we got a question from Nat that isn't about trades. What are some comics you would recommend to someone who likes Sailor Moon, including the manga, but isn't really into superheroes? Hmm. Superhero comics in the Not style? superhero comic. Not superhero comics. But, but that's, no, I think it's someone who Sailor likes Sailor Moon. Moon but doesn't read superhero comics. Yeah. Oh and well, the main the thing that I know about Sailor Moon is there's a bunch of different women, so I would recommend you check out uh, Sex of the City and then and just like that. Wow, you're a horrible. <laughs> do, do you have a Becco with someone where you have to say that every podcast <laughs> yeah. that we do? Because I get paid. HBO Max pays me every time. Uh, by the way, the uh, and just like that comic book adaptation is sick. Like it's <laughs> cr- so good. Jason Aaron, Paul Azaceda. They gave Carrie a different logo in the comic, but I think yeah. it's just part of a different timeline and they're going to get back to original. The problem yeah, with I the question the for me is yeah. that um, I don't like Sailor Moon, so I'm kind of lost from the start. But um, what you can do is go into a comic shop and find a nice <laughs> one where they don't like uh, treat you like shit and explain your likes and they should be able to pair you up very nicely i'll tell you what i think that should be our answer to every question from now on is like (laughs) go ask somebody else (laughs) go ask a professional why are you you asking us i don't know we're i'm not familiar with sailor moon we're the professionals (laughs) we're the professionals yeah uh, One of us is wearing a Snake Eyes costume, and they don't even know who Snake Eyes is. I do know Snake Eyes. He's the guy with that band of fabric that comes down here and over nope. there. And he has a muscle suit, and you can't see it, but he has some sort of a belt. Nope. I guess I'll wear some sort of a belt. I guess I'll wear my Sailor Moon outfit next week and fully answer this question. Uh, we got two out. suggestions here from Edward Doherty, One Punch Man, and My Hero Academia. Uh, those are probably good Thank choices. you. There's a professional. Well, I'm trying to think of the, like mainstream superhero comics because it sounds like this question was about sort of crossing over from sailor moon content into so something would be an easy entree if i may uh guess what nat is thinking wait so uh runaways that's another good one tell you what just nat talk to edward yeah There you go. Uh, all right. Last one we got here. This is from Pablo D. Martinez. Did you love No Way Home or you needed something else from it? 
Ooh. <laughs> well, first of all, Pablo, I will mention in the Marvel Vision podcast feed, we have a one hour plus podcast talking spoilery about Spider-Man No Way Home. We get really into it. All the things you want to know, uh, what it was like going to the theater, opinions on robot <laughs> arms, a couple of other things. Uh, but yeah, we do talk all about the movie. But what did you guys feel now that we're a little even farther removed from that? Do you feel like there was anything lacking in the movie or was it a full Thanksgiving meal? Wow. I mean, it did so much. Uh, I'm trying to think what more um, we could have wanted slash gotten out of it. Well, I can, uh, I can answer that. Yes, there is something that Pete went on a rant about uh, the ending for a while. Let's not mention it here for spoilery reasons, but if you do want to listen to the podcast, there's definitely something you wanted more from it. Pete. Or check it out. Me and Stray Bullies had a fun conversation about it uh, in the Patreon Slack. Um, um, let me say, yeah. I mean, this. I feel like... <laughs> or, honestly, if you want to know something, like just go to a comic book shop and talk to them instead. Ask them. Yeah, exactly. Ask them. Uh <laughs> But I would say, though, that, like, overall, I was really impressed with the movie. I thought it did so many things, tied in a lot of great stuff, uh, made the other Spider-Man movies look better. And um, it it's emotional. There's real, some real emotional bits uh, there. It's it's quite a movie. You know, makes a choice a little bit later that maybe some people don't agree with. But still pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh- my two things that I thought of um, that would be sort of light complaints. I do think the idea of uh, Peter Parker saying, I have to fix this. Um, I'm trying to be non-spoilery here. I'm going to cure this. Felt like, and I get why he was inspired to do that and who was telling him that. But it, to me, I was like, "This, you, you don't have to do it this way. This is... Uh, this is too much. It feels too big when there are other ways for you to go about this. And then I just wanted more time with sort of the characters at the in the back third of the movie. I felt like it was such a rush. And if mm-hmm. we could have had, obviously, the movie was well. There was long. things to do, Justin. You know what I mean? I know there's things to do, but when you're making a movie, you are in control of time. You don't have to um, <laughs> do. That. I, I will say it was already two and a half hours long, so. And a lot of things happened in that movie. So any more, it might have felt, it might have gone from, wow, this is a lot of stuff going on. I'm really pulled over by everything to end up being a little grueling. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I get, I think some of the conversations, uh, they're like the very short conversations we get with the characters that we're excited to see are rushed and short. And those moments would have been worth having a breath around them, mm-hmm. I think. All right. Fair enough. Again, if you want much more of that, check out the Marvel Vision feed. And folks, that is it for your audience questions. Yeah. Let's move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free to Midtown Comics. Uh, we get an online gift card for 25 bucks. If you had 25 bucks, you go get some yes. comic books. Oh, so yeah. all we need is a first hand up. A pa- oh, Pablo's first hand up. Great. Pablo's. All right. Uh, while you're welcoming him in, uh, Pete, let me say you weren't, you were gone. We learned. I know I little... got something. I'm addressing what happened when I was gone in here in this thing. If you give me a second. Okay. <laughs> I did. Pete has uh, a written uh, statement. He told me before the show. Uh, yeah. Great. 
Uh, Pablo, we're going to bring you in, but let me just kind of get through this here real quick. Uh, so, hey, Nat, go fuck yourself. Sorry that I wanted to take two seconds to honor people who have entertained us. You know, how I use my time on this show is my choice. And if it's hard for you to switch gears for a beat, uh, you know, I sincerely apologize. What I'm going to do for this show is I'm going to slow it down for you. Uh, that way you can, you know, maybe it doesn't feel so abrupt. Uh, all, as always, though, I can't wait to punch you in the face. He did. Pablo, welcome. Well, just a little bit of framing. Just a little bit of framing for anybody who's coming out to the show for the first time uh, to understand. Pete always likes to pay tribute to a dead celebrity in his trivia section, a recent yes, past does. celebrity. Uh, Nat took exception to that when he was on the trivia section last week when Pete was not here. And so that's why Pete is cursing him out live on the show. Take it away, Pete. <laughs> All right, great. Today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Michael Nesbitt. R.I.P. You might know him oh, from the monkeys. But the film he did in the oh, 80s that I reveal at the end of trivia is a hilariously classic, weird 80s movie. Whether you check out that movie or some of Mr. Nesmith's other work, it is worth it. I don't know what happens when you die, but I think the entertainment that is left behind is a great way to honor their memory. And that's what I'm trying to do here. Spread some love for those that I've cared about. Spoiler, Pete will eventually reveal reveal in trivia how what happens when we die. No, 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 that's the third question. That's the third question. uh, (laughs) Put it together. Three options before making your selection. Question number one, Pablo, are you ready? Marvel says the key to the comic event of 2020 will be blank versus the Eternals. Is it? A, Avengers, B, Thanos, or is it C, Weird Al Yankovic? So it's either A, which is correct, or B, Thanos. Don't pick it. It's A. A is correct. It's A. That is right. The big event is going to be Avengers versus Eternals. Should be interesting. Question number two, whom is celebrating 25 years with an oversized special issue. Is it A, G.I. Joe, Zelbs, you suck, B, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or is it C, Jessica Walter? So it's either A, nope, or it's B, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It certainly is Buffy. You I'm are correct. Guys. Oh my God. Is that right? Snake Eyes doesn't talk, you piece of shit. All right. Snake Eyes! Last question. I think you told him that at the beginning. What DC comic will be written and drawn by Jacques? That is a three-issue series with each issue being 48 pages. Is it A, Catwoman, Lonely City, B, Batman, One Dark Night, or is it C, Doug E. Fresh? So it's either A, don't pick it, or it's B, Batman, One Dark Night. It's B. B is correct. Wow. $25 will be yours eventually. <laughs> Congratulations, Pablo. You're going to get a $25 <laughs> gift card to Midtown Comics. That said, I will double it if you can correctly tell us what happens after oh. you die. Go ahead. 
<laughs> for a fifty dollar Midtown Kid gift card, what happens <laughs> after you die? But you have to be correct. After you, whoa! Um, after you die, um, no one knows. Unless you're, you're yourself. Uh, that's a cop out. That's not the correct answer. I'm sorry, Pablo. Sorry, Pablo. Uh, thank you, you so much for coming answer. on. Just a twenty five dollar gift you, card Pablo. for you. Have a happy holidays. Uh, Bye, Pablo. <laughs> there you go. Uh, great. Uh, we'll reveal slowly over the course of the next year what happens after you die. Uh, Pete, you know the answer to that, right? That's right. And uh, Kevin is correct. It is tape heads. 19 was the secret movie that you were queuing up. Got it. Yeah. Now, as we all know, comics are the most awesome thing ever, and they're coming out all the time. So what are you guys looking forward to that is coming out this week? What are you most excited about? Uh, A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance number three is coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very much looking forward to that, as well as Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number six. Yes, absolutely. Justin? Great picks, as always. Um, I'm looking forward to um, Alex's reporting to work in his uh, his Snake Eyes costume, as uh, as he does every Wednesday. And you know I'm looking forward to That Texas Blood number 13. Oh, it's boy. a Christmas special, I believe. One of my favorite comics of the year, um, closing it out right. Save it for the show. Yeah, Uh, I am not looking forward to it because it's already actually out today because it's a DC book. But Nightwing number 87, if people haven't checked it out, absolutely awesome by Tom Taylor, Bruno Redondo, artistically, structurally, one of the best comics I've read all year. Do not miss it. I will not say anything more. And folks, that is it for this week's show. We want to thank our guest, Victoria Grace Elliott, for being here. Be sure to check out Yummy, a history of desserts, available now. Next week on the show, we are going to have Lee Durfee Lavoie is going to be here to talk about Just Roll With It. And we are going to reveal our best comic books of the year live here on the show. So again, if you got nominations, definitely let us know in Twitter, on Patreon, Slack, in person, whatever you want to do. Also, a couple of other things to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, as mentioned, has a Spider-Man No Way Home episode. Also, we're going to be wrapping up Hawkeye tomorrow. So oh, man. Riverdale After Dark, a Riverdale podcast that just finished the first part of season six. But you can check out the episodes all there. Patreon.com slash comic book club. Support this show and all the shows that we do. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app. And your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow. Don't forget to leave us a question or a request for review in the iTunes reviews comment section at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Take good night, everybody. Later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.